I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is created on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri, Wurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nations and I pay my respect to their elders past and present. I extend this respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples connected to each of the hundreds of countries around so-called Australia. I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Law, the podcast. I am Rose Inglis, founder of Rose Tinted Law and your host. RTL is a professional development consultancy for curious and open-minded legal professionals. This podcast is a space to have honest conversations about legal careers with people who are boldly carving out their unique place in our profession. And today, that person is me, Rose, your host. I'm going to be sharing with you my reflections for 2022 and my intentions for 2023. So let me tell you a little bit about how I usually wrap up one year and enter a new year. I love the process of reflecting on the year that has been and planning for the year ahead. I'm not about big grand New Year's resolutions or New Year, New Me but I do take the time to set some intentions that will help guide me gently towards my goals and aspirations for that year. Usually this process I really enjoy and I embrace and it really feels quite easeful. However, last year it was a really, really emotional and hard task. At the end of 2022, I felt like I was coming out of a haze from the last three years. Because you see, the last three years for me have been a really, really wild ride of transformation and evolution. And today I'm going to share with you why that is. Today's episode is a really extremely honest take on the last couple of years and how I have come to be here, founder of Rose Tinted Law, host of RTL the podcast, mum to Eddie, wife to Andrew, daughter, sister, friend to many, colleague, mentor, teacher, student, founder, innovator, consultant, disruptor. It's going to be a really authentic, honest, raw, messy, imperfect, behind the scenes glimpse into all the blood, sweat and tears that I put in to boldly carve out my unique place in the legal profession, because that is what this podcast is all about. So if I had kept my 2022 recap, saccharine for social media, this is all I would share. 2022, gee, what a year of personal and professional growth. Super proud of all that I have achieved with transforming my passion project, Rose Tinted Law, into a boutique professional development consultancy. At the beginning of the year, I had one legal tech client and a few hundred Instagram followers. By the end of 2022, I had dedicated a lot of time to my personal and professional growth. I launched a podcast with 10 episodes that was in Spotify's top 10% of most shared podcasts globally. I had one-on-one mentoring clients. I had a really strong digital presence across multiple platforms and I launched my website. Thank you to everyone who believed in me and supported me. It does indeed take a village. Looking forward to 2023. Watch this space. (laughs) What a load of bullshit. That would not even scratch the surface of what I was actually experiencing in 2022 or what I was actually proud of. 
The gaping hole in that rock star account of 2022 is that in April, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder with major depressive disorder. And as my psychiatrist noted, Rose tends to hold in her anxiety so that others do not notice. It does not overtly affect her functioning, especially at work. And he was really spot on. So if I had recorded this episode in late 2022, like I had planned, I would have called it the year that fucking broke me. But now with the benefit of hindsight and a bit of time and space, I am declaring 2022 as the year that fucking made me. And it made me because I am now exactly where I'm meant to be doing exactly what I am meant to be doing. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you all the answers to the same types of questions that I ask my guests. How did I do it all? How do I do it all? What helped? Who helped? What did I learn? How did I grow? Who am I now? And what do I do? But first of all, a content warning. In this episode, I swear, I cry. I'm going to share with you a lot about my mental health. So this may be triggering for some of you. I'm also going to be sharing my experience of becoming a new mother during the pandemic and the ways in which this has shaped me. And I'm doing all of this because I think you will be able to relate to my experience. And I really want to raise awareness about what it is like living with anxiety and depression and add some depth to how we understand our legal career progression. I'm also sharing this with you because there is space in the legal profession to have honest conversations about all the various factors that shape our ambition and influence our career journeys. And before I get into the main part of the episode, I just need to provide you with some upfront disclaimers. This is not a cry for help. I am not seeking any sympathy or attention. I am incredibly supported and loved by my husband, by Eddie, by my family, my friends and mentors. And it's actually because I have this incredibly privileged position and have had these experiences that I feel inclined and empowered to share my very messy and hard and fulfilling and happy and sad last few years. The questions that I've been asking myself behind the scenes when I have been creating Rose Tinted Law is, if not me, then who? And if not now, then when? The second disclaimer is that I'm actually fully in support of the public health measures that our government took to protect us during the pandemic. I'm fully vaccinated. And now that life is resuming back to normal, it is time that we have an open conversation about all the ways in which the last couple of years have shaped us and changed us and continue to impact us. So this is my experience and my story. It's not a competition of suffering or trauma or anything like that. I'm sharing with this, I'm sharing this with you because I think it may help you on your way in some small way. So this is a bit of a long story and it's a long story with a squiggly non-linear narrative and it involves lots of unusual circumstances and amazing people and I'm going to share it with you in three parts. So first of all, I need to provide you with some background context and the things that led up to a really hard 2022 Then I will share with you what happened in 2022 and how I got through it. And then I will share with you my intentions for 2023.
This episode of Rose Tinted Law is proudly brought to you by Clarence. For more than 25 years, Clarence has built a reputation for the unique and sophisticated offices, ideally located in the legal precincts of Melbourne, Brisbane and Sydney. But what truly sets Clarence apart is their member services. To find out why over 500 legal practices call Clarence home, you can check out their extremely workable membership options at clarenceprofessionalgroup.com.au. Before I start talking about 2022, it's important to understand some of the forces and factors at play in the preceding years. Basically, nothing had gone the way I envisaged or planned since I fell pregnant with Eddie in 2019. In the second half of 2019, I was at a really low point. I was in an unsupportive workplace and completely burnt out. While I had suffered from anxiety on and off throughout my life, it usually came by in short waves and would pass with some therapy and some self-care. But in 2019, my anxiety had become constant and intense. I was crying every day and I had really bad thoughts about myself I'd be replaying worst case scenarios over and over in my head. I was having panic attacks, short of breath. I always had that really bad feeling in my stomach. You know, that kind of feeling that when you're really stressed about something, but it was all the time and it was every morning when I woke up and it was especially worse while I was at work. I was really snappy and really unhappy and I was crying every day. I would just wake up with a huge sense of dread and tired and anxious about what the day would bring. And I was doing all of the things that I knew that were good for me, like exercise and spending time with friends and family, while also doing some things that only temporarily dulled the noise in my head, like drinking and smoking a bit too much. Also at this time, Andrew was in a role where he would travel for long periods of time for quite a long time and often at the last minute. Things just felt really, really hard and heavy and a lot of work. I was also in my early 30s and ready to fall pregnant. That year, I also went to my GP to discuss family planning and the advice that my doctor gave me in relation to falling pregnant was a huge wake-up call. My doctor pointed out that I'd actually been experiencing anxiety for over a year and she actually warned that I was at significant risk of postnatal depression and strongly encouraged me to take a more proactive approach about managing my mental health. She diagnosed me with chronic anxiety and burnout and prescribed me a week off work as well as antidepressants and wrote a mental health care plan. She even suggested that I investigate lodging a work cover claim and I took all of her advice other than that. At the time I just remember thinking that oh there was no way I could possibly take a week off work and so I just agreed to take a couple of days instead. I also confided in a really dear friend who was also at a career crossroads and she took me under her wing and helped sort me out. She made me go for a walk around the tan with her every morning and go grab a coffee and then we'd work out a really nice plan for the day and we'd do things like go shopping and hang out. I love you, Rage. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I ended up taking the whole week off and gee, I'm glad I did. I really needed it. I needed space. I needed a break and I really needed someone to help me. I also went on the antidepressants. 
which was something that I had been really reluctant to do up until that point. I don't know where this reluctance came from. I think maybe it was shame or maybe it was a feeling that, ah, if I just do this thing or if I just do that, then I'll wake up tomorrow morning and I will feel better. But I've been trying to do that for over a year and things weren't improving. So I went on the antidepressants and the change was profound. I could think clearly and I wouldn't freak out and ruminate on things for hours and days on end. And the noises in my head quietened down. They actually shut the fuck up and I had mental clarity. That was something that I realized that I hadn't actually experienced in a long time. And I actually remember thinking that it was so life-changing, I actually never wanted to come off them. So by the end of 2019, I had fallen pregnant And in March 2020, COVID happened. And in July 2020, at the very beginning of the second lockdown in Melbourne, Eddie was born. To be quite honest, it was quite a scary experience giving birth in those conditions. Andrew was thankfully there for the birth and was so amazing at taking care of me and Eddie during this tender fourth trimester phase. But we weren't allowed to have any visitors. My sister wasn't allowed to be in the delivery room or visit us in hospital. Luckily, one of my best friends, who's also an obstetrician at that hospital, snuck into our room with some flowers to say hello, which was so special. Thank you, Chelsea. And look, we were all happy and healthy and we did receive wonderful care, but the lightness and the joy that you would typically expect with childbirth just wasn't there. So for the first four months of Eddie's life, we were really in a little cocoon. We weren't allowed to have any visitors. My mum couldn't fly down from Darwin. My sister was the only one who was able to come over and visit. No friends or other family. And look, it was really, really beautiful and special time that I really truly cherished and enjoyed for the most part. Um, I'd actually always wanted to become a mother. And so this was truly a dream come true. So in the second half of 2020, I had my beautiful newborn, Eddie, and Melbourne was going in and out of lockdowns. So we couldn't make plans in advance and there were restrictions on where we could go and how we could do things. And I had plenty of time and space to listen to podcasts and walk and think and contemplate the world and my place in it. And the idea for Rose Tinted Law came to me while I was on parental leave. I just thought, where's all the other stuff to talk about our careers? Like job applications and the CVs and the this and the that are all great, but like, where's the complexity? So I thought, I know, I'll start an Instagram account and I'll ask my friends some juicy questions and hopefully they'll answer it and then I can share it on social media. That's where RTL started. And at this time, I was also really desperate for some intellectual and social connection. Andrew was working from home and no longer traveling, which was actually a really wonderful consequence of the pandemic. It felt like we had truly been given the gift of extra time, which we did really value and we absolutely did not take for granted. But while motherhood is the best and the happiest and the most fulfilling thing that has ever happened, it can also be really boring and mind-numbing and exhausting. And I don't love focusing on 
boobies and babies all day long. So I considered going back to work early. It wasn't feasible for me to go back to that job. So in December 2020, I quit. And in January 2021, I started another job, a 12-month part-time teaching contract. Because you see, I love teaching. I love working with young lawyers. And it was a really great workplace with great people and a great gig. So returning to work part-time to a new job when Eddie was only six months old was certainly the right decision for me in those circumstances and at that time. So 2021 was actually a pretty good year for me and my little family. RTL was launched in September 2021 and that was a really terrific creative outlet and things were bubbling along quite nicely. But aside from all of that, Melbourne went through four different periods of lockdown. Five days in February, 14 days in late May to June, 12 days in July, including Eddie's first birthday. And the fifth and final one, which just about broke me, was from the 5th of August to the 21st of October, a total of 77 calendar days. I'm sorry, that's just fucked. (laughs) Fuckity fuck fuck fucked. And look, I was doing all of the things to nurture my mental health during this time. I was exercising. I was sleeping as much as you could with a baby. I was taking care of myself. I was taking my medication and I really received wonderful support from my family and friends. It actually looked like I had skirted postnatal depression and my anxiety was at bay despite all of these chaotic circumstances and, you know, I was kicking goals. I was doing it all. I was keeping it together. By the end of November, though, I was feeling really tired, like really, really tired. And there was this kind of funny ongoing sense of dread. And I didn't really have a lot of spark or spring in my step. And it wasn't just my familiar bad anxiety feelings. This was something very unfamiliar and pervasive. But I knew that the holidays were coming up and I just anticipated that a good rest and some time with loved ones and some time and space to reflect and digest and recharge would do me the world of good. And I just hoped that I would enter 2022 ready to tackle the new year. So that sets some of the scenes to the factors at play as I entered 2022. Motherhood, work, ambition, lockdowns, trying to do it all, have it all, and ticking all the boxes and keeping it together. Are you a legal professional looking for the perfect space to meet with clients, have a beautiful space to work in uninterrupted, and have access to a range of services that will help set you apart from the rest? Then our sponsor, Clarence Workplaces, is for you. Clarence is well known for their unique and sophisticated offices, ideally located in the legal precincts of Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney. But what truly sets Clarence apart is their member services. Their on-site member services teams are dedicated to help build and grow your business, from welcoming you you and your clients to supporting your business operations through IT, marketing and paralegal services. The Clarence team can assist you where and when you need it, helping you focus on what you're good at. To find out more about the extremely workable membership options, ranging from serviced offices to co-working spaces and meeting rooms and virtual offices, head to clarenceprofessionalgroup.com.au. So all of that brings me to 2022. Last year, phew, Boy, oh boy, does it feel good to say that. 
As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, if I had recorded it in late 2022, like I had planned, I would have called it the year that broke me. But now, with the benefit of hindsight and a bit of time and space, I am declaring 2022 as the year that made me. So do you remember that bad, tired feeling I mentioned that had crept up in late November? Well, it got worse. And in January, February, March, April, May of 2022, I just felt so flat. So my intention for last year was simple. It was just to read, write and rest. And despite doing all of the self-care things and really taking it easy, I still felt really tired and I just had no motivation. And I kept thinking to myself, if I just do this, if I just give it one more day, I should be fine. I'll go back to normal again. But that day just did not come. I felt really, really stressed and overwhelmed with the whole process of coming out of lockdown. I felt like the whole world had changed and I was just suddenly expected to move on and get with the program and deal with it and I just was not ready. I declined to renew my teaching contract because I just couldn't do it. I had no hustle, I had no resilience, no stoicism, no spark. It's really hard to describe or even think back and articulate the chaos that was going on in my brain during this time. And I think that this is one of the really hard things about dealing with mental illness is that it's literally in your head and you can seem fine and you can have what is called high functioning, inverted commas, and still go along and do your things, do your life, but actually in your head, you just have a world of pain. And what I found really hard during this time was that I'm very logical and I'm very pragmatic and if you give me a to-do list, I will do it and I was doing all of the things. I was taking things off my plate, but that didn't help. My range of emotions at this time was shit to okay-ish at best and I just didn't have any passion or spark inside. I didn't feel very happy. The things that I used to do that would really fill me with the things that I used to do that would fill me with a sense of fulfillment and purpose just really didn't do it anymore. And I had plenty of really good things in my life. I had a beautiful son, a very loving husband. I had great support around me and it just didn't really matter what I did. So I felt really guilty and frustrated because this just did not make any sense to me. So you know how thoughts usually float in and out of your mind and you might think something negative about you or someone else and everyone now and then, and then you just think of something else? Well, my brain was just stuck circulating negative thoughts. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. This will be shit. This sucks. I won't. Oh, that won't happen. Or I couldn't possibly do that. My self-esteem was super low. I had no confidence and I'd feel really frozen leaving the house and I just didn't want to go anywhere busy or noisy and it was a really huge mental effort to just try and bring my thoughts back to anything vaguely positive or normal and it was so fucking exhausting. I remember crying to my mom on the phone and saying that it feels like my brain is broken. It turns out that my anxiety had evolved into depression as well and the medication that I was on was no longer doing the trick. So how did I get through all of this? Well, it was really hard work. Of course, 
ticked all the boxes that you are meant to tick when you're dealing with mental illness. I saw my GP, I got a mental health care plan, I saw a psychologist weekly for a big portion of last year. I saw a psychiatrist and I changed medications from Zoloft to Lexapro. It turned out what I was experiencing was a kind of delayed onset of postnatal depression. Now that real life was resuming, we were just suddenly meant to be fine, like going out and doing things and going back to offices and, you know, being in crowds. And when we had this real like threat and peril and sense of doom and gloom around us for so long. So the other thing with real life resuming and things going back to normal was that I was actually subconsciously allowing myself to think and feel about everything that had happened the last few years during the lockdowns and also what I had missed out on. I was experiencing huge waves of grief for the pregnancy and birth and new mother experience that I just didn't have. And I was really allowing myself to actually go there for the first time. Because of all of the external stresses, as well as the usual challenges of new parenthood, like sleep deprivation and, you know, the incredibly exciting and steep learning curve, I was just spent. So, yeah, that was that. As well as taking the medication and seeing my psychologist regularly, I started to consider other ways of self-care and routines I could put in place that would help me heal. I started seeing a traditional Chinese medical practitioner, Dr. Rosie, I love you. And I also started a consistent meditation practice. (sighs) So meditation is something I have always had in my life. My mum is a Buddhist and so I actually grew up meditating with a mantra and a mala and with Buddhist philosophy and I knew that one day the time would come for me to incorporate a more dedicated practice and I had done this to a certain extent but second half of last year I was really ready to undertake some deeper learning and understand and be taught by different teachers. So in September and October, I undertook a 40-day group Japa journey facilitated by Offline's Alison Rice and the Vedic astrologer Dahlia Gensha. During these seven weeks, we were supported by a like-minded community of consciously ambitious women And we had really expanding knowledge sessions on different aspects of Vedic wisdom. I also undertook an eight-week course on cultivating the heart through the Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education at the Stanford University School of Medicine. This course, instead of having compulsory readings every week, we had compulsory meditations. (laughs) So that taught me all about cultivating and strengthening the qualities of compassion, empathy and kindness for oneself and others. And what really drew me to this study of compassion was that the first step in cultivating compassion is acknowledging suffering. That's something I'm going to be talking more about later. I also, in December, because it's me, obviously, and I decide I'm obsessed with meditations, I'd go out and do all the meditation things. (laughs) 
I did a four-day Vedic meditation course with the gorgeous Sarah from Mahasoma. Sarah taught me how to incorporate regular 20-minute twice-a-day meditation practice. And this has really been such a game changer for me. And I've been doing it for the last couple of months and it feels great and I feel great. Then in December last year, I weaned off my antidepressants after three years and a huge amount of growth. (laughs) And that's why I feel like I'm waking up from a three-year haze. Here we are in 2023 and things are finally feeling a little bit more optimistic and happy and easy again. So (sighs) this begs a couple of questions. Firstly, why am I telling you all of this? And secondly, how am I feeling about 2023? Well, let me tell you, I'm telling you all of this because I'm ready to, and I want to, and I want to because I would have loved to hear this perspective anytime throughout my career. And I'm also hoping that by sharing the darker moments of my depression and anxiety will help you treat yourself and those around you with compassion and a deeper understanding of what might be happening behind the scenes. I honestly didn't really understand what depression felt like and I had a lot of shame about taking medication for my mental illness. And so I'm hoping that by sharing this, we can just quit some bullshit and get some help even when we need it sooner rather than later. I've also shared all of this with you because... We're all navigating our own career journeys and versions of success because in law, it's really hard to make it and having the knowledge and skills and network to succeed in the law is really just a given and that only scratches the surface of what true success takes. I want to explore that and I want to explore that with you. I'm really sensing that there's a collective need in the legal profession for honest conversations about legal careers with people who are boldly carving out their unique place in the profession. And RTL is here to facilitate that space. How am I feeling about 2023? Really fucking good. (laughs) The last couple of years have just taught me that there is no point wishing for a different past or worrying about all the different futures of which I have no control. We live. We experience we cry, we live through it, we rely on our friends and family, we grow, we learn, we evolve. It's part of life. So what are my intentions for 2023? I have two key words and a little mantra. My first word is compassion. I have a question for you. There are three ways to experience compassion. Do you know what they are? In the course that I took on compassion about cultivating the heart, this question was asked at the very beginning of the first class and I could only think of two ways of experiencing compassion. Compassion that you give to someone else, compassion that you receive from someone else, but the third one, and that is compassion you give to yourself. So that didn't even cross my mind and realizing that both blew my mind and broke my heart. That is something that I'm really going to focus on exploring more this year. I also read an incredible book, which I want to recommend to you. It's called Into the Magic Shop, and it's a neurosurgeon's true story of the life-changing magic of compassion and mindfulness. It is nonfiction, and it's an autobiography, and it's really fascinating and easy to read and expanding, and I can't recommend it more highly. My second word 
for 2023 is discernment. Now, (laughs) would this even be a 2023 self-help resource without referencing the wonderful Brene Brown? (laughs) So I came across her talking about discernment in a podcast I listened to last year, which I'll put in the show notes for you. The Cambridge Dictionary defines discernment as the ability to judge people and things well. Love it. And I really loved Brene's version of the serenity prayer. She says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom and the discernment to know the difference. There's also two reframes that I really like that she does. The first one, God grant me the serenity to accept the shit I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom and grace of discernment. Or give me the courage to change the things I can and then grant me the wisdom to discern the difference between what I should take on and what I should not take on. Love it. My little mantra for this year is go slow to go fast. I really want to grow Roast Into Law this year so it is a sustainable business. I want to dedicate my professional life to help early career legal professionals grow with confidence and purpose. And I want to be doing this for a while. And in order to do this and be a present mom and a wife and hopefully have another baby and exercise and look after myself and those around me and do all of the things that I enjoy doing, I need to go slow to go fast. I'm really taking the time to contemplate some important questions here. I'm taking the time to ask myself what resources and information and perspective do I wish my friends and I had when we were contemplating big moves, like moving overseas or changing careers. And a question that really fascinates me is that how do we plan for a dream job that our eyes do not yet see? And then how can we be both strategic with our professional development while also being open to change and opportunities as and when they arise? One thing I'm really asking myself is what am I most uniquely placed to teach or coach or mentor or contribute to the legal professional development space? And also a big one, what do I have the capacity to do? So I'm not trying to do it all. Rather, this year I'm going to go slow, to go fast, and I'm going to do less, and I'm going to hopefully do it all better. (sighs) So (laughs) as you can see... (laughs) The last few years have been really hugely challenging and transformative for everyone and for all different reasons. And all of those different reasons are hard and valid and real. And this has just been my perspective and my experience. And this is my truth. I've experienced three really important mindset shifts in the last couple of years that have really helped me make sense of the chaos and move on and grow and evolve. And I'm going to share them with you in the hope that they help you as well. The first one is and, (laughs) just and. Multiple things can be true at the same time. Motherhood can be the best thing that has ever happened to me and the hardest. I can be both so excited and happy to hang out with Eddie and also sometimes be bored. Motherhood can be really fulfilling and also tedious. The lockdowns were wonderful as it meant that Andrew was home and with us and afforded us so much bonus family time. And they were also made it really hard and sad to start my motherhood chapter. I love family time and solo time and work time. It can all exist at the same time. (sighs) 
I've also had a really important reframing of shit happens to life happens. Life's hard and that's what it's all about. Yes, there are good times, but when things are tough, that is when we're put to the test and it is our opportunity to live and learn and grow. Magic doesn't happen when you're outside of your comfort zone. And so that's hard, but that's where the growth is. The third mindset transformation that happened at the end of last year was from an amazing woman that I really look up to and learn so much from. I asked this wise woman on how to make sense of the shit show that was the last few years. And her advice was beautiful. She said, go gently and take the time to recognize all the hard work that I'd put in over the last few years and appreciate all the growth that I'd experienced. She also made me realize that things are happening for me, not to me. And now I understand the wisdom in that advice. And so I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. Everything does happen for a reason and it's all relevant and I'm happy and I am proud and I have a lot of exciting ideas for how I can grow RTL to service all and I have the space and the privilege to be able to bring this vision to life. And so this is why 2022 was the year that fucking made me not broke me. I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. I've landed. I'm so excited to see what 2023 has in store for me and for you and RTL and this wonderful community that we're growing together. I'm going all in with RTL this year and I really appreciate any and all support. I would be so grateful if you would please share this episode with just one person you think may benefit from listening to my story today. I'm also going to be hosting events and workshops, so please keep an eye open for that. And I hope you enjoy this honest conversation and it helps open your eyes to the limitless possibilities as to where your legal career may take you. 